back in. Oh, header away by Liverpool. High drop for Jackie Elka. Oh, what a goal! What a goal! Welcome back into On the Banks podcast. I am your host, Aaron Onion. After another disappointing weekend for Everton Football Club, it is now four losses, four defeats in a row. Just not good enough. Honestly, I I can sit here and say we're going to do a tactical review of the game, analyze what happened, what went wrong. But if you want that, honestly, just go back and listen to the tactical preview of the game um, because that's exactly what happened. It was predictable. Everything that we thought, everything I said was going to happen, happened. Silva came back out in his 4-2-3-1, stubborn as ever. The lineup was, there was one change from the predicted 11 with Awobi coming into the team. Uh, he wasn't central. He he, le- he left Sigurdsson in the team. And once again, it was a set piece that was our downfall. It's just not good times to be an Everton fan. And this weekend kind of summed that up really well. Um not only were, are we in the, the bottom three now, but Liverpool are eight, eight points clear. They won on a dubious penalty. That wasn't a penalty. Manchester City lost to Wolves 2-0. They're eight, point, eight points clear at the top, but honestly, that that doesn't even matter at this at this moment in time. We are a laughing stock right now. Um, it's just not acceptable. We'll, we'll get into the game. I mean... The lineups, um, Everton came out again once, I, uh, as I said, they came out in the 4 2 3 1. Pickford and goal, Digne, Mina, Keane, and Coleman across the back with Delph and Schneiderlin as the two holding players. Awobi on the left side of the midfield with Sigurdsson in the middle, and Richarlison on the right with Dominic Calvert Lewin up top. Burnley came out in a 4 4 2, once again, as I expected. Pope was in goal, Peters on the left. Me and Tarkowski in the middle with Lawton on the right. McNeil, Westwood, Hendrick, Goodmanson across the midfield. And Wood and Barnes as the two strikers. Look, this this game was, again, I'm just going to repeat myself from the tactical preview because literally it was it was so expected. You could see this result coming a, miles, a, a million miles away. The first 20 minutes, both teams kind of tried to just it really nothing happened both teams were trying to win second balls hoofing it forward I think Everton realized they didn't want the ball because they were going to struggle so they tried to to win like I said win second balls and get the ball forward but um you know as the game went on we really started to dominate possession Burnley sat back in their in their low block they allowed us to uh, allowed us to have it the, at the end of the game. I think the possession stats were sixty to forty in in favor of Everton. So, I mean, really, that tells the whole story. Um, it's it's just so poor at this moment in time. We see the same thing every single week. We can't break teams down, and teams know it. We're so predictable. The ball goes into wide areas, and we cross it into the box. 
I've said that I think on every single podcast. We are so predictable. We, it's not like we don't have good players. We 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 have a squad full of talent. Honestly, I believe a, a squad that can get into the top six with the right manager. I believe that. Marcel Brands. A lot of people have been questioning him this week. Now after these run of results, but I think he's done well to bring in quality. There's talent in the squad, but the the talent is being sucked out. The life of the talent is being sucked out of the squad by this manager. I think in this moment, the four two three one is so rigid. There's no movement. There's no interchange. Anything. No one's running off each other. There's no penetrating passes. It's literally just cross the ball into the box and hope that Dominic Calvert-Lewin can leap and score. Like, I feel bad for him as well. Uh, he's gotten a lot of stick. He doesn't score. He's not clinical enough. I get that, and I think those are valid criticisms of him. But it doesn't change when Moise Keane comes on because there's no – it's not even – there's no service. They, they don't get chances. We haven't created genuine chances for our strikers, so how are we even going to score? The midfield is – the whole team is static. Literally, the whole team is so static. And it's just so poor to watch. And, again, it's not even the same thing every week. It's the same thing every season. We get our hopes up in the summer. We, we spend big money – and then we come out and always something like this happens. Always. It's genuinely depressing being an Everton fan. I mean, we had a chance to go top of the table at Villa. Top of the table. I know it was early in the season, but we had a chance to go top of the table just a month ago. Less than a month, I think. A few weeks ago. And now we're sitting in the bottom three. We had a chance to go third. United, Spurs, Leicester, Palace, Burnley. Leicester, Palace, and Burnley are in 4th, 6th, and 7th. United are in 12th. Spurs are in 9th. Outside from the top two, this league is wide open. Leicester are sitting in 4th place right now. They could genuinely make the Champions League, I think, at the end of the season. Spurs are in flux. Manchester United are in flux. Chelsea have been playing better lately, but... They've still struggled at times. It's embarrassing. Every season, too. Every season, you get our hopes up, and it always ends like this. It's, it is it is so poor. How the subs went, Sigurdsson, you know, he... he um, he gets subbed off for uh, Sidibe in the, in the 59th minute after the Seamus Coleman red card. Which is fine. I mean, I understand he's got to shift players around, but again, it's a reactive change. After the goal happened off the set piece, which we'll get into that as well, Dominic Calvert-Lewin comes off for, for Moise Keane. So Silva takes one of our strikers. We're losing at this point 1-0. Silva takes our, our one striker off, replaces him with another striker. At that point, he moves Richarlison into the, into the middle as the lone striker, and then Keane was playing off the right. Again, it's reactive. It came after the goal. He, he 
puts Richarlison as a striker. We should have been playing with two strikers all game. It was clear for everyone to see. I think the only one who couldn't see it was Marco Silva. I don't have a problem with Keane playing off the right, but how about you put how about you leave Calvert Lewin on and play with two strikers? You're losing at the point. I understand. We've gone down to ten men, but the frustrating thing is it should have been two strikers from the start. And if not from the start, it should have been two strikers quickly after that because we should have Marco Silva should have realized you know what, I'm not even going to give him that excuse. This game was so predictable about what was going to happen. Should have gone with two strikers from the start. I said it in the last week's podcast that we should come out in a 4-4-2 or some variance of that with two strikers. It was so easy to tell what was going to happen. And the first 20 minutes, first half really, went exactly to plan. Burnley were content with not having the ball. They're going to sit in, just wait for their chance, get a set piece. We struggle with set pieces, and that's exactly what happened. Final change, Schneiderlin came off for Andre Gomez, which, to be fair, was good to see Andre Gomez get back on the pitch. He's obviously been hurt. But still, I mean, it's just it's depressing. I, again, I can't even give a tactical analysis of this game because there really weren't any tactics. The only, the only thing is, is everything I said last week. It's the same thing every week. The team was incredibly static, and we should have been playing with two strikers, and we weren't. We, we zonal marking on the set piece. The, these issues are the same thing every single game. And he's not willing to change it, which is which is why that I said before the game in the podcast that if we do lose this game, Silva's job has got to be on the line. I want to support Silva. I don't want to see another manager sacked. And I still feel that way. But this game genuinely swayed me. And I think it swayed a lot of people in terms of they want him out now. You know, this... This performance swayed me because of the fact that we didn't see anything change. It was clear. This game was clear. Something needed to change. The formation needed to change. Zonal marking needed to change. And it's the same thing. It's stubborn or it's stupid. It's one of the two. I don't see how he turns this around because he hasn't been able to change a formation. So how is he supposed to change these results? There's no variation of tactics. It's consistently not working. I do think with a with a, a talented squad, a manager could get something out of the squad. We again, Palace, Palace are in sixth. Leicester are in fourth. Now I know Leicester are miles ahead of us, but with a proper manager, and I hate to say it because I don't like Brendan Rodgers. We could be in their position. I would say man for man, we're about equal to Leicester and they're sitting in fourth. It's so frustrating. There's nothing to analyze about the game. I, I already did it in the preview. I said this is what's going to happen. 
And that's exactly what happened. I wanted to be wrong. I really wanted to be wrong. I want to support Silva and I wanted him to change. And he showed this weekend that he's not willing to do it. Now, I don't know who you bring in. I don't know, you know, who's available. There's been talk of talks of Gallardo from, um, from River Plate, which seems enticing to me. But is he willing to come here? Barcelona have been looking at him to bring him in as an, uh, to replace Valverde in, in, in Barcelona. So I don't know if he'd even want – who would want to come here? That's going to change this around. That's going to improve our squad. People are asking about Mourinho. No, no chance. No chance he'll come here. People have talked about Arsene Wenger. No chance. He won't go to another English club. There's no There's no way. So people have said David Moyes. You know, it's just... We shouldn't be in this position. We should not be in this position. It is incredibly frustrating. Honestly, it's kind of depressing. For for those of us who aren't old enough, like myself, I'm 21 years old, never seen us win a thing. We, we've been waiting f- for a new dawn for Everton since the time, um, you know, since the time we started watching the club. We've been waiting and waiting and waiting, and there's been moments where you think, all right, this is now the time where we progress. This is the time where things change around and we get back to what it was like in the 80s and and the stories that you hear about the the team in the 80s. And we are nowhere close. We are nowhere even close. I don't know... What the issue is, it, it's go, it's deeper than the manager. Again, I, I don't want to keep sacking managers because I think it only makes the job, you know, a poison chalice. Who are we going to attract, though, to change this? Where is the stability going to come from? Because right now there is none. It's four losses in a row. That That is a crisis. We are in the bottom three. We were meant to be challenging the top six this season. Now it's going to be a relegation fight if things don't change quickly. And we, mind you, we've played, we have played Sheffield United, Bournemouth, Villa, Wolves, Watford. We haven't, other than other than Manchester City, we have not played a single team that is noteworthy. It is only going to get harder from here. Only going to get harder. And we are in the bottom three. And meanwhile, Leicester are in fourth, and Palace are in sixth, and Burnley are in seventh. It's embarrassing. It's a joke. I, I'm i not going to lie. I'm all out on Silva, Silva out at this point. I, I honestly don't know who with. Who, to, who will replace him? I have no idea. Anyhow... Here's what Silva had to say after the game. Um, analyzing the game and look for all the picture of the game. I think we deserve clear more than than what we achieved. Um, first half, we are clear the best team on the in the pitch. Um, created the, the best chances. We were always more dangerous than the, our opponent. Uh, we knew how it's tough to play against uh, Burnley home and their home. They always be tough. 
team. Normally they press higher than they did this afternoon. Uh, but we we were controlling all the time the, the game and creating some dangerous moments. Big, big chance with Alexi Obe. I think his analysis of that game kind of sums up the issue itself. Because he talked about how they normally press higher. Which, to be fair, they can, they've, they've shown that they can press. They can play a pressing game, but they normally are known for sitting in a low block. That is what Burnley are known for, and that is what Sean Dyche has made that team. That team's identity is sitting in a low block. In a 4-4-2, play to their strengths, hit you on the break, and win set pieces. Hoof it forward, get second balls. That's their biggest strength. It's not pressing. And for him to expect them to press Everton, who have clearly showed they struggle breaking teams down in a low block and have find success when teams do press them, allowing them to exploit that space left and behind, why would he expect anything else? Why would he expect them to press? It doesn't matter that they're at home. He talked about us being the better team. We controlled the game. 60-40 possession. Being the team, in, and I think this is what he means by that, us having the ball, dominating possession, does not mean we're controlling the game. Having a higher percentage of the possession does not mean we controlled the game. He said we were more dangerous. We weren't. There was one chance probably, and he did mention it to be fair. He said there will be chance in the first half. That was the only time I felt like we're going to score. The one time, I think. And, um, yeah, it's just so, so frustrating to hear him say that because we, I mean, we didn't control the game. There's a, there's a, a quote out there or an interview where Jose Mourinho is talking. Funnily enough, Jose Mourinho. But anyway. He says the team in possession, or the team not in possession, can dominate the game. But it's what you do when you do get the ball that matters, and that you have to be good in that moment. But having the ball does not mean that you're dominating the game. And Sean Dyche knew he was. He, there's no doubt in my mind that he said. Let's just give them the ball and try and break us down because they won't. And we'll get a set piece or we'll win a second ball and and we'll score. And that's exactly what happened. So his remarks about analyzing the game are worrying because he's clearly not identifying the issue. And it's so clear. It's every single week. It's the same thing. Sheffield United did it. Bournemouth did it. Villa did it. And the other thing, the biggest thing, is how we respond. It looks good at times. Like, we play well and we do look dangerous. But it's when it goes wrong, how we respond, that is the biggest issue. There's no plan B. There's no plan B. Everything is reactive. It clearly doesn't have another way of playing. I understand that he's missing key players in the squad right now. Gomez has been injured. Gabamon, who was meant to replace Idrissa Ganagay, is injured. 
it's not ideal, but there needs to be a plan B. It's not working. Four two three. The system is not working. Find another way to play. He should have gone with two strikers, but he's not able to adapt. He's not able to react, and that will ultimately be his downfall. I think at this point, it's inevitable. Where he's he's lost the fans. Clearly, everybody's turned now. the The only ones who don't really want him to get sacked are really just saying that because they don't know who to replace him with, I think. So he's got a very difficult task at hand now because if he doesn't get sacked, it's really just... It, I, I think it's inevitable at this point. He can win the West Ham game, but then what? Is he going to... You know, the next time he loses, is he going to get the sack? Like, it's... Once the fans are gone, it's difficult to come back. And he did it last season, but I don't think it was as bad as this. I mean, we are in the bottom three, and we are struggling because we haven't played anyone, and it's the way that we played. It'd be one thing if we were giving it a real go and he was trying to change it, but that that right there is my biggest concern. I would give him the benefit of the doubt if it looked like he was trying to change it. He was doing things to try and make the situation better, but he's not. And that is why... He, that performance swayed me. I, I I think it's time for him to go. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 time. Um, it's unfortunate. Again, I'll repeat myself. I don't want us to keep getting in the cycle of sacking managers, but that performance just showed me that there's no shifting this around. He's not the guy to do it. I like him. I like the guy. I think he could be a good manager, but he's being too stubborn, and that will be his downfall. Anyhow, international break this weekend. Thank God for that. No Everton to ruin our our weekend. Uh, um, No, but not sure if I'll do a podcast just based on the fact that there is no game. Uh, What I might end up doing is is possibly uh, picking an international game to to analyze and um, go from there. But obviously, if there's news coming out of the club, then then we'll want to do a... um, a podcast on that but who knows what will happen in the next few days and weeks so for now blues keep the faith i know it's difficult but we've been here before we'll get through it um we're not glory hunters we're not liverpool fans so keep going strong and i'll catch you on next week's podcast all right take care